listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our hope is for you to be encouraged and to connect with God during this message. If you'd like to know more about Thornapple Valley Church, visit tbcweb.com. Well, Merry Christmas in July. How many of you guys came in today and you had the first thought was, what is going on? Because it truly is a sin to play Christmas music before Thanksgiving. Who is that person in this room or multiple people? Yeah, don't be shy. Raise your hand if it's you. (laughs) All right, and then how many people came in and you were like, oh, Christmas cheer. We should do it all year round. This is so exciting. (laughs) All right, well, I'm a Christmas cheer person, so Merry Christmas in July. Loving this. Uh, And I just want to say welcome to those joining us from Delton, Middleville, and those online. Just thank you for choosing to invest your time with us. My name is Erica, and I've had the privilege of being on staff here at TVC for just over nine years. I honestly can't believe that it's been that long or that I have managed to make it working with our lead pastor, Jeff Arnett, for that long. And I just have to tell you guys, it is not an easy task. Okay, I am just kidding. He's not here. Don't tell him. He doesn't need to know. Anyway, um, I do have the privilege of being in the role of Delton Campus Pastor and the Director of Spiritual Formation, and it really is a privilege to work here at TVC. Um, I have been married to this man here, Zach. This is a photo of my family for just over eight years, and this is our... Um, this is our feisty little daughter, Hebsy. She's three years old, and uh, that's my amazing family. And again, I'm just thankful for this opportunity to be able to share with you guys today. So we're in this series this summer called Stupid Tax, and we're looking at the lives of individuals who have chosen to learn either the hard way by paying a lot of stupid tax or chosen to learn through humility. And I have often wondered about the difference between people who have settled for less, and those who've never settled. Those people who look back on their life with regret and those who look back and realize that they've lived their life well. You know, I'm not super old, but I have lived long enough to know that there's some people I just thought would absolutely crush it at life, but they got crushed by life. Do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe you grew up with somebody, maybe in high school, or you had a family member, and they just were talented, gifted, had so much potential, But somehow, they just seem to get crushed under the rubble of their wounds, failures, or disappointments. And so there's others that maybe we didn't expect much from who go on to live live these incredibly meaningful lives. So I've been interested to understand what it is about certain individuals that seem to start life with less and accomplish so much, and those who start life out with so much and seem to accomplish so little. I don't know about all of you guys here um, joining us online or at one of our campuses, but I personally suffer from a condition called FOMO. It's the fear of missing out. And I'm going to tell you a Christmas story, actually, kind of key that it's Christmas in July for this story. Uh, But last Christmas, we had this family get together at my mom's house, and there was about 35 of us. We hadn't had a family get together on my mom's side of the family in years, and this is like extended family. Everybody piled in. Um, 
And so 35 of us all piled into the house, and my grandparents from Florida surprised us, and I hadn't seen them for over four years. So it was just this amazing time of us reuniting. And I, my mom has this living room, family room, and then a kitchen area. And I was sitting up in the living room, and I was just having this great conversation. You know, we're doing zone coverage over all the many children. And I was sitting up there, and all of a sudden I heard roaring laughter coming from the family room. And I'm like, what is going on? What, what's happening? What am I missing out on that's happening in the family room? And then my cousin, she comes out of the kitchen, and she's got um, a dessert that I hadn't seen before. And I'm like, I know there's not 35 pieces of that dessert, so I better go get on it. Um, but it was, it's such a stressful situation for someone with FOMO because I was constantly missing out. I couldn't be around all 35 at one time. And I see this with so many people. I especially see it with our daughter, Hebsey. Uh, my husband and I will be in two separate rooms in the house uh, doing really important things, like maybe the laundry and doing the dishes. And without fail, our daughter will go from room to room, room to room, room to room, just waiting to see when we're going to do something exciting because she doesn't want to miss out on it. Who can relate to this? Who has FOMO? Who has the fear of missing out? Or maybe you want to point to the person next to you. Um, but we are asking this big question, where am I missing out? What I think is fascinating is that we have FOMO about so many different things in life. But in the one area that we should actually have FOMO, the fear of missing out, is in what God is doing in our lives and around the world. There are things that God is doing in our lives and in other people's lives around us that are extraordinary, that are changing lives, and we can be a part of it. We're actually invited to be a part of it, and we might actually miss out. One of my biggest fears is that I would land in a mundane, boring, or meaningless moment in life and miss out on an extraordinary moment that God had for me. So maybe what we need to do is begin to have some FOMO when it comes to what God is inviting us into. You know, so many times in life, I think we wait for those extraordinary opportunities. We, we think that they're just going to come find us for when we're ready. And one of the things I've realized is you can't plan for an extraordinary moment. But I do think we can prepare for one. You know, if you're like me, you want to plan life. You want all of your ducks to be in a row and stay in a row. You don't want them to get out of the row that they're in. And we expect, you know, God to move in extraordinary moments in that plan life. But I don't know if you've ever noticed that when we try to plan our lives out, that God has a way of absolutely unraveling our plans. And we can't actually plan an extraordinary life. I think we can certainly plan a boring or a mundane life. But if we want an extraordinary life, the life that God intended for us to live, we need, in a sense, to stop planning and start preparing. And we need to have this FOMO that says, I refuse to miss out. I want to be wherever God is doing something. The characteristics of these men and women who live the kind of lives that all of us want to live is that they refuse to miss out. And I want to read to you today about a guy named Elisha in the Bible from this book called Second Kings. And I want a life like this guy, Elisha, and I want to know God the way that Elisha knew God. And this chapter that we're going to start reading, it's going to open up talking about this guy named Elijah. Not to be confused with Elisha, Elijah, Elisha. It's very close. But we're going to talk about Elijah as he's coming towards the end of his life. And before we get into the reading, I just want to give you a little bit of background on Elijah and Elisha's relationship. 
So Elijah, he's this prophet, and he's done amazing, incredible things in the name of God, miracles. And at one point, God calls on him to anoint another prophet, and he calls him to anoint Elisha. So he goes and he finds Elisha plowing in a field, and he's plowing in a field with 12 oxen and massive plowing equipment. And I don't know exactly how to like constitute wealth from back then to translating it to wealth now, but I have to believe if you had 12 oxen, you had to have some good plowing equipment and some decent amounts of fields. So for the sake of an analogy, 12 oxen equals 12 Ferraris or Maseratis, depending on what you prefer. But he was doing well for himself, And Elisha, he chooses to leave all of his wealth behind, everything that he owns, to follow Elijah, become his servant, and be mentored by him. They travel around together, and Elisha was able to see God use Elijah to do these amazing, miraculous things. And as we begin reading, we're catching up toward the end of Elijah's life. And we're going to begin reading in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind... By the way, if you do have to go, I think that's probably the way to go is in a whirlwind. It sounds like a pain-free Disney World type of ride if you had to go. So that's what I'd vote for if I had the opportunity. But anyway, the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind. And Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and the horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood at the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. I... I love the end of this story because it's absolutely epic. Not only does Elijah get taken up to eternity in this whirlwind of wind and fire, and then Elisha, he's left with Elijah's cloak, and he, he asks for this double portion of his spirit, which I think what he's asking for is, you know, I want to take your ministry up to the next level. So he asks this, makes this huge, incredible ask, and he doesn't know if he's gotten what he's asked for, 
but it doesn't deter him at all. He grabs the cloak. He's super determined. He walks right up to the Jordan, and he says, where is the God of Elisha? Elijah? <laughs> See, I tell you those words are complicated. Where is the God of Elijah? And bam, the water parts. The reality is I think most of us want to get to that place of knowing God the way that Elijah knew God, but we often don't want to take that journey. And I think the journey is really significant because Elijah and Elisha begin their journey at Gilgal and then at Bethel and Jericho and finally at the Jordan. And each time along the way they stop and there's all these prophets that come up to him and they say, do you know what God is doing? Don't you know that your, your master, he's getting taken away from you? And he goes, I know, I know. I think what they're actually saying is, don't you know this is the end of the road for you? Your mentor is going. You need to either find a new occupation or you need to find a new mentor. But what are you still holding on to? And then Elijah gives him all these opportunities when they're at Gilgal and Bethel and Jericho. And he says, look, why don't you stay here? And then there's this reoccurring theme with Elisha where he continues to say, I will not stay. And he's just one persistent dude. I think Elisha had a mad case of FOMO. He would not stay behind and risk the chance of missing out on something that God was doing that was big. I wonder how many times God is looking for those people, actually when they're invited to stay, say, I will not stay. I refuse to miss out on what God has for me. So when's the, time you, when's the last time you just dug in a closet, grabbed out an old coat, went to the Thornapple River, rolled it up, maybe a river near you, and hit the water, and the water just parted? Okay. Nobody in this room at least. So um, it would be fantastic to be sure. But I do wonder what it looks like for us in our lives today to not miss out on what God has for us. Around this time in the summer, about four years ago, my husband and I started talking about kids. And one thing you should know is that on our first date, we actually talked about deal breakers, and one of them was that we both wanted to adopt. So we started looking to different options from foster care to domestic or international adoption. And what we felt like we leaned toward the most and felt the most passion for was looking for a really high-risk country that was very impoverished, had a lot of orphans, and was open to adoption, and that's just where our hearts were at. And then after we looked through that, we, we looked at the adoption fees, and then we decided, well, God is clearly not in this decision at all. So we put that whole adoption idea on the back burner, and um, a few months passed, and I remember this vivid conversation that I had with God where he said, I put that passion in your heart, and if you put in the work, I'll make it happen. I came home, and I talked to my husband, Zach, and he had the same impression that we should be moving forward with this. And nine months later, we were matched with this little nugget. Um, you can see her feisty personality. She's got that number one finger right up there in the air. <laughs> but I, I do often think what we would have missed out if we weren't listening to those invitations where God further invited us into this little girl's world. And I think that is the first step to refusing to miss out on what God has for us is to listen for the invitations. When you stay where you are, 
you stay who you are. Can you guys stay th say that with me? When you stay where you are, you stay who you are. And we keep wanting to become someone else, but we refuse to allow God to take us somewhere else. God wants a relationship with you. He wants a relationship with me. He wants to share his heart with you and hear from you. And I think what we need to realize is the journey is about those moments where God invites us and we choose whether we step in or not. And to be able to hear those invitations, we have to have a connection with God. So what's your God connection look like? Do you have time and space where you're listening and connecting with God on a regular basis? It's often in these times of reflection and quiet that we can most clearly hear those invitations that God has for us. And if we want to refuse to miss out, we have to listen for the invitations. And I think the second step to refusing to miss out on what God has for us is to fight through fear. I think back to just so many moments in my life where I missed out, and there's a reoccurring theme. There might have been invitations into community or spiritual growth. They're all places where I felt vulnerable. And my biggest reason for missing out was fear. I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but I want to be liked. So if there's a chance that I'm not going to be liked or I'd show you a part of me that might not be quite as likable, I'd rather just avoid it. So actually that's why at the end of the service here, I do have a survey for all of you guys to fill out and it'll say how good was Erica's talk and you can feel free to rate me anywhere between 10 out of 10. Um, I need the affirmation. <laughs> I'm just kidding, there's no survey. But I think it's a point that most of us, we want to be liked. And that can often be something that stunts us is this idea of fear. But the difference between people who make a difference in the world and those who don't, it's, it's not their intelligence or their talent, and it's not even their opportunity or environment. It's that they refuse to miss out. They just step into the moments, they cross through every opportunity, and they believe that there's a future waiting for them on the other side of their fears. I just kind of have this sense that these other prophets that were on the other side of Jordan, kind of watching from afar all this stuff happening between Elijah and Elisha. They see the water part for Elisha and him come across, and they, they're asking the question, well, why did God choose him? I mean, some of them are probably pulling out resumes saying, well, that makes no sense. I mean, he's still, you know, an apprentice level. And I kind of think it's, it's because God has chosen all of us. I think he waits for us to choose ourselves. So many of us, we, we do find that way to hide, stay invisible. We use our past or our pain as an excuse for not stepping into our future. And maybe, you know, you're here in this room and you're facing some really challenging times. You know, maybe your marriage is struggling. Maybe you've struggled with something like anxiety or depression or an, some type of broken relationship for quite some time. And maybe what you need to hear is that God is inviting you into something more, and he wants you to refuse to miss out on it. Refuse to believe that your broken relationship is too far gone. Refuse to believe that you'll never overcome anxiety or depression. And when you're invited to stay behind or quit, you keep fighting forward, anticipating 
that God will part the waters just like he did for Elisha. Can you imagine what life would be like if we stopped staying behind every time we were given the opportunity? If we kept pressing in and leaning forward and believing that there was a future waiting for us? You, you may be hearing this and saying, I feel like what you're telling me to do is to do more. And my life is so full. It feels overly full. And I get that. I think most of our lives are really full and busy. And what I would say is that I think this is less about more obligation and more about living a life of intention. So many of us, you know, we live under the weight of other people's expectations for us. And it's much easier, you know, just to fit into a mold or fit into the expectations other people put on our lives. But what does it look like for you to refuse to miss out on what God has for you? Does it mean you start listening and building that connection with God? Maybe it means you need to find community. You need to grow in your relationship with God and others. You know, what Elisha did, he started out his journey by intentionally choosing community. He found a mentor in Elijah and someone to do life with. And we have this thing at TVC, it's called Tribes. It's intentionally connecting two to more people to pray and grow together. And maybe your next step to not miss out is to step into community. I'm convinced this is what God's looking for. You know, he's not looking for the person that has the most talent or most ability or the most intelligence. You know, he's not looking for the person who has the right background or education. I think he's looking for someone that has just a little bit of insanity. You know, someone who says, I volunteer. I know I'm not going to be first draft pick. I've always been the last dodgeball pick. But I volunteer. I'm stepping out. I step up. I refuse to miss out on what God has for me. You know what I love about Google Maps? You can drop a pin to like a restaurant that you love or a park that you love or a place maybe that you have a fond memory and you want to return back to. You know what we should be? We should be the pin drop. You want to know where God is working? You want to know where God is moving? I'm the pin drop. I'm there. I'm going to be wherever God is. I refuse to miss out. Now, maybe you're here and you're, you're wondering about this whole God thing. You know, is Jesus real? Can I trust him? Maybe you're here and just wondering, how do I even get started on a connection with God? What does it even look like to listen to those invitations? We have a book at the Next Step area at all of our campuses called The Seven Basics. It's free of charge. You can just pick it up, take it home. It's a book that I think could be encouraging to just process some of those um, pieces of forwarding your connection with God. Maybe you're just wondering where to even get started. And if that's you, I encourage you to text TVC Next to 77948. We have people that would just love to chat with you offer resources. If you're joining us online or even if you're just sitting at one of our campuses, you can text that number. We'll send the book to your home. You don't have to even go pick it up. But we would love to just connect with you with no pressure. Connect where you're at. When we stay where we are, we stay who we are. My hope and prayer is that like Elisha, 
will refuse to miss out and step into the future that God has for us. Now we're going to go back into a brief time of worship. Would you guys join me in standing as we pray? God, we come to you. We praise you for what you're doing and how you're moving. And God, we ask that you'd help us not miss out. That you'd help us to find whatever that next step is that you have for us, God, where we can step into the invitations that you have for us and not let fear hold us back, God. We love you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. If you found this message encouraging, we invite you to share it. For more information, visit tvcweb.com.